Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as, or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. Well, greetings and salutations, 365ers. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. I mean, it ain't really been that long, but you know how I go. What's up? It is Jackie Page, radio personality, fitness instructor. What else do I do? Zumba instructor, personal trainer, Let's see. I like to call myself a singer most days, although I'm really not. But I am the uh, one of the co-hosts for the Black Hill 365 podcast, joined along with. Britt Daniels here, 365ers. Uh, Jackie, let me just do it like you do it. You know, we love our titles. Uh, Yogi at heart, serial entrepreneur, trainer, all around life enthusiast. I'm really glad to be back, Jackie. You know how we start this thing out. Check ins. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. The weather is getting warmer. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I needed in my life. I just needed some warmer weather. So no, I'm doing good. Um, weather is warmer. I just came back. And I'm not going to say just came back from vacation. It's been a few weeks. But, you know, the rest and relaxation, um, the fact that things are getting warmer here in Atlanta has just been really good for me. So I'm doing good. How are you doing, Britt? Likewise. Um, I'm glad to hear the weather's nice down there in Atlanta. It's definitely been talk bipolar. about it. You sound a little salty. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just saying the weather's been a little bit bipolar up here in D.C. But Sounds about right. say that to say I have been doing a little bit of travel uh, the last two months, taking some vacations to clear my mind in between a lot of work, sometimes 12 hour days between running the businesses. Um, you know, Jackie, for me, and this is going to lead up into our Dharma talk again, 365ers, we do these things called Dharma talks, which are little sermons just to set the tone for the conversation. A big term for me this year and last month was taking space. And for me, taking space means a lot of different things that centers on this one concept of authenticity, uh, moving through curiosity, moving through uh, presence and mindfulness. But taking space also to me means literally physically taking physically and mentally taking time and space to reconnect. And, you know, you know how much I work, Jack, you know how much you work. It's important sometimes to just step out of your normal patterns of behavior and environment to reassess who you are. You know, when I go on vacation, um, you know, I make sure I don't answer any emails, any phone calls or anything so that I can allow ways of self inventory that would not have been possible in my normal office desk setting in my home. Um, and I was doing yoga recently. I was in Miami. I was doing yoga on the beach in the morning. And I started crying. And in that moment, in that space allowed me to just investigate myself in ways I, I wouldn't have been able to do at home. And so, yeah, taking space is, is a term for me that I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to examine throughout throughout the rest of the year and what that looks like and how I change through it. So 
No, That's what I'm think, going through. That was a long answer, Jackie. That's no, 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 no. It wasn't a long answer at all. You know, I think one of the things that we pride ourselves on in the Black Health 360 or on the Black Health 365 podcast is being authentic and being true. And that was an authentic response. It was a true response. You weren't, you know, you weren't BS to nobody. You weren't lying. I mean, this is the space that you're in right now. And it's a space that Honestly, I feel like a lot of people need to be in. I feel like it's a space that I'm learning to be in because, and we've talked about this before, 365ers, um, you know, last year was a really rough year for me because, you know, I didn't give my opportunity, I didn't give myself that opportunity to have that space and have that time. So having to learn to do that is something that one, me personally has been very beneficial for me this year, but it's something that we all need to do. Sometimes we do need to just kind of unplug and get away from everything that we center and focus our lives around, which for a lot of people is what we do is, is our job. I love my job dearly. I love everything that I do, but baby, it can be taxing. Okay. Not taxing, taxing. Okay. Sure. <laughs> You're taxing. But yeah. absolutely. So, but Jackie, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get back to these conversations to mm-hmm. bring, um, you know, knowledge to the healthcare disparities in, in, in the black community. And the conversations we have today are, you know, it's, it's a profound conversation. You know, it's like, you know, how did we get here? Um, right. When it it's comes a conversation to that I feel like is long overdue. We yeah. probably should have had this conversation a long time ago, but haven't. And now we are. Um, but hey, you know, no better time than now. But like you said, yeah, very profound um, conversation that will happen today. We are talking about um, Black HIV in the south it is yeah it is literally taking over and we need to figure out why how i mean there's so many questions that we can dig into on this particular topic in the year of 2023 and that that, i think that's the most alarming thing is Mm -hmm. we're still asking the question of how did we get here Mm -hmm. in the year of 2023 yeah, you know, the, you know, looking at some stats, you know, the South experiences the greatest burden of HIV and deaths in any U.S. region. It lags behind in the quality of HIV prevention and services and care. And it's like understanding that and the the, the, the parameters around is going to help us close the gap. And so I'm excited to speak with our guest today and just get to the nitty gritty of why it's like that. Why are the, why is the African-American community being affected so severely, especially in this region? We're both from the South. I'm from the South. Yeah, from I mean, South. I'm I'm back in the South. Um, so when you talk about the South, this affects me now because I am in the South. I'm a Black woman who is single, who is strong. And we talked about this during the relationship podcast. I mean, right. the relationship episode. You know, I'm single. I'm trying to figure this thing out, which means this directly affects me. So there is, again, crazy that in 2023, we're still asking the question of how, how do we get here? I could understand in like 1981, but in 2023, like I needed to make sense. Yeah, I think we got some guests here to make it make sense for us or at least give us some, <laughs> some things to talk about. Yes, um, yes. But- especially in this conversation, I'm excited for these guests because I think they're going to give us a unique perspective. But yeah, especially... Just in this whole issue is really how HIV is affecting Black women in the South. Mm-hmm. Very interested in hearing more about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
I will go ahead and do the honors of introducing our amazing guest. And I first have to say that um, Black HIV in the South, How Do We Get Here is actually a podcast. Um, and it is a part of the Urban One Podcast Network. So uh, the Black Health 365 podcast is a part of the uh, Urban One Podcast Network. So it is always a pleasure when we get to have some of our fellow podcasters joining us and talking to us about the things that they are doing um, in the, in this case, the disparities and the situations that we're trying to break down. So first and foremost, um, definitely want to bring to the table, Miss Anna Deshawn. Anna, how are you doing? Hey, I'm so happy to be here. I'm great. Anna, so happy to have you as a fellow podcaster on the Urban One Network. Hey, honey. Hey, that's us. <laughs> hey. Super excited to have you. And then also joining us, I have uh, Deidre Speaks. Uh, Deidre um, is a very powerful woman. I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. She has lived, learned, and experienced HIV on her own terms. Uh, Deidre, how you doing today, Bo? Hey, boo, hey. I love the energy. <laughs> Like loving so so loving the energy, like so excited to be here um with my my sister friend, my cousin, my niece, my daughter, Anna. If it if it was not for Anna, we would not even be in this space. So um, and it's so cute. And on, even how Anna and I met, we happened to be at a, a conference and we happened to meet and she was like, hey, I heard about this thing. Could you teach me more? And this is how we got to where we got here. And so Anna, kudos, like got to say, like, thank you for taking the opportunity, especially for those of us living with HIV, to really come in this space and say, hey, I want to learn more what can I do in using your platform to do this? And of course, I will be remiss with our two co-hosts. Meow, 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 bringing us even live stream to say, hey, listen, let's talk about this. Let's yeah. do it. We're all doing things. We're having sex. It's real. It's natural. And it let's is. talk about some of the things that happen along with it. So, so happy to be here. And um, I think I speak for Britt and I both that we are so excited to have you both here because um, like you, we're, we're all about having real conversations um, about things that are happening in the Black community and in ways that we can um, support each other, but then also help each other. Um, because for so very long, let's be real, because like I said, you know, we like to keep it a book. Um, we haven't done that. So, you know, happy to have these real conversations um, so that we can make change um in people's lives if we if we can change one person's life we have literally done our job so i'm excited <laughs> really excited to have a real conversation so ladies you know i want to talk about you know black hiv in the south how do we get here pocket why is it important to you and for listeners why should it be important to the 365ers yeah well i'll say why it was important to me right so this story came to me <laughs> in a pretty divine way. My my podcast crew, I call them the Q crew um, for my Queer News podcast, they funded me to go cover the 35th anniversary of the AIDS Memorial Quilt. And for everyone who's familiar with the AIDS Memorial Quilt or may not be right, it's the, it is the largest art community arts project in the world. 
It has been used as a memorial for those who've been impacted or lost their life to complications associated to HIV AIDS. And I had the opportunity to cover the 35th anniversary, which is the largest display in San Francisco in over a decade. And so when I went to San Francisco, I met Jada Harris and Dwayne Kramer, who are the two Black people on the team for the National AIDS Memorial. And after talking with them, I learned about the Change the Pattern campaign, which was an initiative, it is an initiative to take the quilt to the South. And as they began to tell me more about this initiative, I began to hear about why they were doing this in the first place. And as someone in Chicago who's been doing LGBTQ work for a very long time, it is not something we talk about in Chicago is HIV. It's just not something that comes up in conversation. Let's okay? be real. We don't talk about it anywhere. Let's okay. be real. Well, there's that too. But see, yeah. here's the thing. When I talk to people in the South, they'd be like, oh yeah, it is bad down here. In Chicago, they got no context at all. Like, <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> I think there's a different types of context. And, and so they began to tell me like the AIDS quote, for example, end to end is like 57 miles long. Like that's how many panels, right, make up the AIDS quilt. But less than two miles honor Black life less than two miles. And when they told me about that disparity, I, it just hit me so hard because we already know the stories about the 80s and being a white gay man's disease, all these things, and Black folks being left out the story. And now I wanted to tell that story. Like, why have we been left out? Right? How has systematic racism impacted the rates of HIV that we're seeing today? And how has that impacted my people in the South even more? And with somebody, I'm in Chicago, y'all, but you already know everybody in Chicago got somebody connected to the South. And my mom, <laughs> okay, or probably any Black people person across country. Um, and my mom is from Mississippi. And we've gone to, we've gone, what she would say, home every year, once, twice a year, at least for my entire life. So I have great connections to the South. And so I wanted to tell these stories. I felt like it was important and it was just a divine journey the whole time and even meeting Deidre um, and putting this whole podcast together. And so I think it's important because Black people need to care about the rates of HIV because it directly impacts you. <laughs> it, it impacts somebody that you know and you don't even know it. Like, <laughs> I think that is the facts. Um, when we talk about the rates, um, I believe one of the stats says... Uh, the South makes up 38% of the population, but 52% of all new HIV um, diagnoses. That is a stat that, that hits. And it's just like, how is that even possible? How can 13 states make up 52% of all new HIV diagnoses? Like, It's, you know, the reality that is Black women. It, it it's, it's It's affecting us a lot higher than anybody else. Like you said, and the southern states and it's not it's not a lot of states in the south no it's not and sometimes uh, i live in virginia and sometimes virginia may or may not be included in that you know that whole stat and you know with some work that you know some things we'll talk about later virginia was the first state in the south if you will quote you know quotations to even start modernization movements with changing the modernization laws of hiv criminalization and we're not even considering that in other states in the south are modeling our you know the work but we are not we're like right at that that mason dixon line just barely but when we look at women when we look at especially not only just our women our trans women as well our cis and trans women we're looking at our um 
or are gay, lesbian, transgender, we're, we're looking at the gambit. We're looking at Black folks. And the issue is, is we're not having these conversations about sex, but um, in addition to the sex part, but just, I don't want to call it consequences because, you know, of sex, because HIV, I don't feel is a consequence of sex. You know what I'm saying? But that there are some other pieces. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So as we engage, there's some pros and cons, and we need to know STDs, sexually transmitted infections or diseases, as well as HIV as well, or things. And then if these things happen, there's cures for some, there's not for the others. And then if you don't, then there's some other pieces that come along. It's like layers um, to the movement. Do you guys have any theories about why the disparity is so great in the South? And particularly with women as well. One, I would go with um, when it comes to um, we we can go into some political pieces um, when we talk about expansion of Medicaid and you know those pieces, but um, also it's just awareness. And then also let's also take into account of the fact that we also have you know there's medical mistrust you know between folks in the south and a lot of times you know the folks that we're speaking to right now the people that we're going to meet and see are not looking like us or not even not that they don't look like us but I may not understand that listen I might have five partners today because I had to make sure that my rent is paid I had to make sure that my lights is put on my kids was taking care of some things you know, and yes, I need to have, have a HIV test today or some, you know, some other pieces into it and not be, well, you know, you shouldn't have five partners in one day, you know, kind of judgmental pieces. So there's some stigmas that we have, discrimination, a lot of things that we have to take into account um, in that. And I don't want to go with education because that's that, again, perpetuates the stigma. Is I refuse to believe because you're from the South, you stupid. Because um, we can all on this on this call right now, we can we've already broken that sti- that that stigma already. But it's not out there. It's um it's more in a taboo space, and folks don't want to talk about it and don't want to be open about it. Yeah, I would. I would also say I think there's just also a disparity in access to drugs like PEP and PrEP or even education around it. Doctors are not, the doctors don't even bring it up in conversation with Black women that you there is a pill you can take. Okay, I also, right? I also think Black women don't think that they need to take it. I believe that um, the world have us thinking that 
you know, men, black men who are fluid with their sexuality or gay look, feel, uh, present in a certain type of way. And because of the shame that is associated with being gay and all those things in the community, black men who are out here being fluid with their sexuality don't feel safe to come out and say it. And so there's also that that's happening. So black women don't even think they need it. But there are so many ways to protect yourself out here. The conversations just aren't had. It's also a lack of funding being directed to education and drugs for black women specifically because the data, quote unquote, doesn't say that we need to, um, which is a problem because we know that the data around black women and HIV and it just continues to increase year over year. So do you think the stigma behind HIV is part of the reason why we're not having the conversations that need to be had? Or do you think there's some other things kind of playing in that as well? Yeah, y'all mentioned the word stigma, shame. What are some outlines of people who are experiencing HIV? What are some stigmas that they or shameful feelings that they may be processing? Um, dirty, unclean, unworthy of, you know, the same love of some of our counterparts that are not living with HIV um, or some. And, you know, unvaluable, unlovable, you know, those are just a few. Um, but at the same time, knowing that when we talk about something that has been coined by Bruce Richmond, um, the U equals U movement, undetectable equals untransmittable. If I, which I am, a, a woman living with HIV, if I'm undetectable, I cannot transmit HIV to my partner if we are having condomless sex at any point because I'm untransmittable at that point. And even knowing that and knowing that we are worthy of not just um, having relations, if you will, with just those of us that are living with HIV, but outside of that, outside of that and having partners um, that that can relate and also feel safe. And like what Anna talked about, the PrEP and the PEPs, um, just in case anything ever happens, if, you know, in any point. Listen, did you get you going? I got questions. Like, yeah, we're gonna have part two, three, four, five, and ten, and 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 I think that's valuable. I think that's because there's always questions, and people are going to have that. And I think you know, I, I mean, I'm gonna do a plug for me and Anna. I mean, what wrong people did? What you would in input? with me and her in the sense of like we're real people that are going to give you real 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 i'm gonna give you the real i'm i'm a woman living with hiv for the past 22 years i ain't got shit else to lose i have my kids only thing i haven't had the quote-unquote pleasure of is being married and i don't know if that's a pleasure or if that's a curse well, but at the same time that's it um let's get it let's go I, yeah and I, what, I, what I'd say about the shame and stigma, too, is that I, I feel like based upon the conversations I've had with people, that we have historically separated HIV from everything else when it, when it needs to be just part of the holistic health situation. If I'm talking about STIs, I'm talking about HIV at the same exact time. If we're getting tested for one, we should be getting tested for it all. But because of the stigma, like you did that to yourself, like you should have protected sex, like all the finger pointing that that happened in the early 80s and the 90s. We set it apart and we, we we made it a blame thing. Like you are to blame for this. And yeah. 
even to your point, like I think about like when I go to the doctor to go get tested, it is one of those things where it is not thrown into the regular test. You have to specifically say, hey, I want to get tested for HIV and AIDS. And that's the only way that that can happen. So, you know, I, I think about, you know, what you said is what we do as a culture, but then even medically, like they're not even looking at it from the standpoint of this all needs to happen together. Because when I go, I literally have to say, hey, I need to get tested for this too. That was me recently. I recently got tested and I was like, oh, but y'all didn't do HIV. And they were like, oh yeah, you didn't ask for it. I'm like, what are you talking I about? I shouldn't have to ask. <laughs> I, was, I was confused. And and that's the part, like, I'm so glad you brought that up. Like, in on there's even that stigma with, again, with uh, it's not even medical mistrust, but just medical stigma. Because some of us are presenting with health insurance. So if you have health insurance, then you probably are not putting yourself at risk for even wanting to have an HIV test. But doc, are you asking me what is my sexual whatever? Like, how often am I getting it in? You know what I'm saying? Whether it, it And if I'm getting it in five times, no times. If I'm getting it in no times, then, okay, are you self-stimulating? Are you doing this, that, and the other? Because sexual health is a part of our all overall well-being, period. Masturbation, there is a masturbation day. I don't know the exact day, exact day, but there is a national masturbation day. Like, it needs to happen. And especially those of us that are living with HIV that are listening to this, I will be a witness, um, even though I'm, you know, in a space with a, a partner right now, like I'm still trying to learn my sexy back because of the internalized stigma of being dirty and not being worthy of experiencing pleasure. And that is something else that we're exploring is pleasure living with or without HIV. And these are things that, again, bringing it back to the questions your doctor should be asking, are you experiencing pleasure? Is it by yourself? Is it with one, two, three, four partners together and separate? You know, like, what's your pleasure? And not be in a judgment. And that, too, even though it might not seem like it's HIV related, but okay, you're enjoying it. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's make sure that if that's what you're doing, we got a sexual health plan for you. And we're going to go ahead and make sure that every two, three, six months or however often that you feel comfortable, then we're going to go in and do a, a full makeup, including with HIV, STIs, and STDs. You know, but how often do we feel comfortable, all of us, even on this call and outside that are listening to us, to say, hey, doc, I need a sexual health plan and let's get this in because I am and I love it and I deserve it. <laughs> Hell. And we don't, yo, that that that's yeah, powerful because you're right. We don't have those conversations. And to your point, and I can say this as a woman, I feel like us as black women, we are... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's the word I'm looking for? We Sex with us, whether it is by ourselves, whether it is with somebody else, has always been frowned upon. So when we go to the doctor, or even when we're having like those conversations, it's always a, mm, I don't really want to say too much. But like you said, it's something we all were, most if not all people are doing at some point in time, it's going to happen. So whether it's by yourself or with somebody else, like you said, there does need to be a sexual health plan put in place. Yeah. I should not be going to, and I, I had this experience with a friend of mine who is not HIV positive. She was pregnant. We going in, she asked me to be her birth plan partner. I'm in, and the doctor looks at me and was like, so where's the father? I'm here. Well, is he involved? It's none of your fucking business. And I'm sorry if I wasn't supposed to use that word. It's none of your business. I'm here. And it shouldn't be, oh, well, you know, extra questions onto that. I'm here. We're moving on. Let's get it in. This is where the birthing plan, even in addition to, because, you know, that's the outcome of sex is you might get pregnant for some of us. Um, but having that autonomy to say, look, this is me and this is how we're showing up. Dancing crew, trip for two, nail the final interview. Game with Doug. Brand new mug. Come here, kid. Give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. New COVID-19 boosters designed for recent Omicron variants are now available. Learn about eligibility and schedule a free updated booster today at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Taking it back to the community, you mentioned some things about, you know, how you as an individual who, who has experienced this, experiencing this establishes what pleasure looks like for you. How can people, 365ers who are listening to this, who may not have HIV, but want to support someone in their community that is dealing with this, what can we do as individuals to better support people? What, what, what language can we use to talk to people? Well, um, the one thing I would definitely say that I hear most often in various communities is um, this person has full-blown AIDS. And the one thing that I do want, uh, even in this capacity, to dispel is the only thing that's full-blown is a balloon, a ball, you know, something you can blow up, a blowfish. Um, those are that. There's no such thing as a full-blown AIDS. Um, it is either you are dying of or have had complications of HIV and AIDS, but there's no full blow. And we need to start to normalize these conversations about those of us in our families that are living with HIV and not be like where well, our auntie was sick. They had cancer. You know what I'm saying? And supporting. Because sometimes just having these conversations are just normal for us. You know what I mean? To be able to then take it out into. Let's not even think about what people are doing in our actions and who we are loving on in our spaces. Also, 
um, because I know some folks of us that believe in some Christian ways, and I don't want to step on no folks and no toes um, that say, oh, well, my child is participating here, then I got to let them go. Um, because we also know if you put your child on the street and they're 15, 16, 17 years old, we got to understand how are they making their money. And sometimes that is sex work. And some people might not like the word sex work, but sex work is work and they're having to make it work. So we have to normalize that and we have to accept people where they are, who they are, and then talk about it. Yes, like if you really want to know, like in my family, they like, oh, well, she's going across the country, she's going international, and she's living with HIV, and look at that. Like use your lived experience to be able to share with somebody else. And then you get to um, entertain some people like Anna um, in the moment and be able to say, hey, I'm interested in this. How can you help me? And we make it work and then we end up looking at you beautiful two individuals saying let's make it work i also am a um i'm a church kid so right time treasure talent one of the three you can go utilize somewhere um to support organizations that are supporting black folks living with hiv i mean i think a lot of times we don't know how to support or what to do but the information is endless out here google is real and there's organizations in your area that are trying to do the work and they just don't have the resources to do it. So if you've got time to volunteer, time to learn more about what's happening. I mean, I just talked to so many people and they're just like, Anna, at the end of the day, it's a crisis. And that is just because I kept saying it's an epidemic. And my co-host, Dwayne, was like, Anna, it's a crisis, period. Um, what's happening to black folks and HIV in the South in particular. So I think if you've got time, use it. Um, and give back. If you've got some talents you can offer to some of these smaller organizations that are stretched thin, um, give it. And if you got some treasures that fold and don't shake and, you know, jingle, do that. Because it's very, it's hard out here for a lot of these organizations um, to even get funding to do the work that's necessary. Um, are there any organizations that you would recommend, any resources that you could give if anybody does, um, if they, you know, want to figure out a way that they can help and 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 learn more. So, yes, um, the Southern AIDS Coalition is, I would start there as a wonderful organization to connect you to other organizations in the South. So they are a funding resource. Um, they are putting on conferences like, um, like the Saving Ourselves Symposium. They're doing a lot of work and connecting a lot of thought leaders who are working within HIV. So I will start with the Southern AIDS Coalition, and you can probably be able to find other organizations in your area. Uh, Deidre, you got any others that you think would be really great? Deidre, you, the plug thug, you, okay? You, you know I'm a plug thug. You know I'm a plug thug. <laughs> I know you are. Um, for it, um, I definitely would say the Serial Project, if you're looking into HIV criminalization, um, the Positive Women's Network, um, more into that, um, the Center for HIV Law and Policy, Again, with HIV criminalization, um, if there, if you're in whatever local, state, or you're in, um, Equality Federation is another one. Um, I would recommend uh, Positive Peoples Network is an organization that is specifically that works with. Um, it is 
um, their, their, I love their quote. Their quote is, um, their mission statement is there is life after diagnosis for individuals living with, and we're trying to get just different things that happen for folks. Um, Oasis um, as well is another one. So um, I can give you a list for days and days, AIDS United, um, Counter Narrative Project, Thrive SS, that was also supported by Nas X. Um, you know, so I can give you a whole list of orgs that um, Echo VA that has been instrumental in getting the laws changed in Virginia. So that's the list I'm going to give you, and I'm, I'm going to close it at that, and I can provide more if we need to. Listen, we love it. I hope y'all know that... This is going to be the first, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it out. Uh, this is going to be the first of, uh, we're going to have to have another another chit-chat because there is a lot that we have to dive into and dig into. So, uh, Anna, Deidre, just know, okay, this ain't the last time we talking to y'all. So just get yourselves together because we're bringing you back. Um, if people <laughs> want to hit you guys up on um, social media, uh, where can they do that at? Um. So Deidre Speaks, D-E-I-R-D-R-E Speaks on all social medias or DeidreSpeaks.com. You definitely can reach me um, there. Um, and Anna, what about you? Yeah, at Anna Deshaun across all social media platforms. I'm really fun on TikTok. And then you can listen to Black HIV in the South on the Urban One Podcast Network period okay I, I, I love the plug at the end okay? yeah, you know <laughs> gotta plug it okay thank you both for coming and talking like i said this ain't gonna be the last you will be back um before we head out definitely got to make sure we do a what's your 365 so 365ers i think it's important um for you to be an advocate for your own health um don't let somebody else do it you have to be the advocate and i think that is something that throughout the black health 365 podcast that we have um really been adamant about is that you have to be an advocate for your own health. Um, like Britt just said, like I said, we both have been to the doctor and I had to be the person to say, hey, I need a HIV test. The doctor didn't do it. You have to be the person to stand up for yourself and for your health. So um, stand up for you, stand up for your health. Um, 365ers, I am Jackie Page. And I'm Britt Daniels. We are your champions of truth and healthcare information so that you can be informed year round. It was great to have y'all. Peace, namaste, and love. Adios. Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels. Created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez. Executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell. Editing and production, Jahi Whitehead. Sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.